For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have got a way too early Jaguars 53-man roster prediction for you guys. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be previewing the schedule release, so make sure to watch that for Thursday morning. Today's Wednesday, May 11th. Uh, I know a lot of people around the Twitter sphere and the internet make a huge deal about what's going on with the schedule. Personally, uh, I think the schedule release is a little bit overblown. I think it's one of the more annoying parts of the NFL offseason, if you will. Like, just drop the thing. We can analyze it, have some fun. But this whole big weekly, week-long buildup, I think, is just a little ridiculous. But we will talk about that tomorrow. Today, however, I want to focus on something that really doesn't matter right now, but it certainly will matter. And it'll kind of give you a breakdown of how this roster could look entering 2022, the 53-man roster. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate your support. Duval could not do this without you guys uh, showing up and showing out for me. John says, what happened to Calevon? Nothing happened to Calevon as far as I know. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter and Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. So before we jump into this 53-man roster prediction, we do have some news. Josh Lambeau suing the Jaguars for damages and his 2021 salary of $3.5 million. Um, you know, obviously, Urban Meyer fostered a toxic work environment. We all know what happened with him and Josh Lambeau. Lambeau is now suing the team. Overall, dropping the bucket for Shad Khan, you know, they could probably settle out. I mean, it's overall not going to be a huge deal, I don't think. This could potentially help Shad Khan in his pursuit of, you know, not paying out Urban Meyer for his massive contract, firing him for cause, which I think there was already plenty of cause, plenty of evidence stacked against Urban Meyer, certainly. But uh, this is not going to hurt that case. Jaguars also just released offensive lineman Jared Hawker. Spoiler, spoiler alert, I did not have him making the 53-man roster here. So uh, young offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. He'll have a chance to catch on somewhere else. But it is now time to go ahead and look at that. 2023, 2022, excuse me. That would be way too early. This is still way too early. 2022, 53 man roster prediction. Uh, I just want to look at kind of how the Jaguars roster has shaped throughout the off season. Now that the draft is passed, the prime uh, primary part of free agency is in the books. So we're looking at that 53 man roster right here, right now, what it could look like come the end of August, early September. So we'll start with the offense. We've obviously got Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. C.J. Beathard was the backup last year. He came over. Um, he came over partially. I think Urban Meyer was interested in, but Trent Baalke also is familiar with C.J. Beathard. He has close ties to San Francisco as San Francisco's former general manager. Beathard came over from San Fran. Uh, I think he proved to be a quality backup. He's not really a practice guy. Uh, he doesn't look great in practice. Oh, and we've got Murray wanting to join the stream here. Come here. But I would say C.J. Beathard should be the um, favorite to win that number two job. Murray's just so excited this morning. Um, but you've also got E.J. Perry, who the Jaguars brought in as an undrafted free agent, kind of prioritized getting him in here. Gave him a large salary and signing bonus. So he'll have a chance to compete to make the roster, I would say. They they valued bringing Perry in as an undrafted free agent. 
but I think Beathard will hold on to that number two job at least in 2022. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Jaguars carry three. Uh, one thing you'll know about or you'll notice about what Doug Peterson has done in the past, uh, he is not consistent with his 53-man rosters. Like you'll see um, three quarterbacks being carried sometimes. Sometimes you'll see two. Uh, sometimes you'll see heavy defense, uh, more defensive players than offensive players. So it's not as if Doug Peterson has a cut and dry, uh, this is the type of roster we want in terms of the numbers. So you can't just look back at his past and be like, well, they're going to carry three quarterbacks. We don't know. Um, and I think that's probably a good thing. I don't think a coach should be set in his ways with like, we need three quarterbacks. We need X amount of wide receivers, X amount of defensive tackles. Play what you've got, like manage the team that you have and uh, adapt. Like you're not going to have the same roster every year. So, and you're not going to have the same group of players to pick from. John says best players available mindset. Exactly. And the other thing too is um, the initial 53 man roster. It's going to go through so many different iterations just throughout even the first month of the season, much less the entire season. Uh, so one thing you'll have to look at is we really value both of these guys. We want to keep both of them. One of them is going to have to end up being on the practice squad. Who is going to be able uh, to pass through waivers to get to our practice squad? So you'll see that as well. So you might release someone or waive someone who you really want to keep around. Uh, and they might, you might actually like them more than someone you're keeping. But you have to think about what the rest of the league is going to do when the, that player hits the waiver wire or hits um, free agency. Are you going to be able to get that player back? But I have the Jaguars carrying two quarterbacks. They could carry three with EJ Perry, uh, but I'm going to go with two for now. Trevor Lawrence is the clear-cut starter. I think you might carry three more often when you kind of wonder um, who might end up being the starter. You might have two guys competing for it. But I think the Jaguars will carry two. That's my prediction here. Running backs. I think they're going to carry three going into the start of the regular season. Travis Etienne, Snoop Connor, the rookie out of Ole Miss, fifth-round pick that the Jaguars traded up for. And Ryquel Armstead are the three. Of course, James Robinson is not on that list. That's my prediction. I think he will be inactive to start the season. I think he'll still be on the mend from that torn Achilles. I know Cam Akers came back in like six months, but I've never seen anyone else do that in my life. I think Robinson's going to going to take more like that nine to 10 month um, range to get back to full speed. I would, I would give this room a B probably uh, with, with upward trajectory, uh, a B that's pointing up because when you get J Rob back, you have Travis Etienne, Snoop Connor can do a lot of different things for you. And I think Raquel Armstead, you know, getting him back to where he was pre COVID after that long battle there that he had pretty much missed the entire 2020 season because of it uh, but if your if your group is yeah Travis Etienne James Robinson and Snoop Connor uh, and then Raquel Armstead would probably revert or you could just keep four at that point wide receiver I've got six uh, that's the number I usually settle on with wide receiver I know Doug Peterson has kept more than that he has kept less than that and, of course, it is a fluid position at, at the back of the roster. But you've got Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones. I think all of those guys are locks to make the roster. I think Jamal Agnew is a lock to make the roster. Laquan Treadwell and LaVisca Chenault are the two I have rounding out. Um, I would not be shocked if the Jaguars find a trade partner for LaVisca Chenault. I don't think they should trade him at this point. I think the best path forward is trying to get him back to where he was prior to the 2021 season. And really, you just got to cut down on the drops. And that was never an issue for Chenault in the past. So I say you give him another go around here and see if you can get the best out of him. I think him and a Doug Peterson offense, a creative offense, could really work out getting him the ball in creative ways. Um, and then Laquan Treadwell rounds out that wide receiver room here for me. Uh, the Jaguars decided to bring him back this offseason. They obviously valued uh, what he did last year and what he could do moving forward. You could see Kevin Austin here. 
who is the undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. Um, I, I tend to think that they could put him on the practice squad or and protect him, or they could even put Laquan Treadwell on the practice squad and protect Treadwell. If you remember last year, that is what the Jaguars did. He did not make the initial 53-man roster. You could see that again because I don't think you're going to have anybody really sniping Treadwell off the practice squad. Again, who do you think another team is going to try to steal from you? Kevin Austin, who is a promising young rookie who has great athleticism, great size, uh, but really needs to prove he can be a professional. Or Laquan Treadwell, who had a hard time staying in the league before he got to Jacksonville. I would say Treadwell would be easier to stash on that initial practice squad. I give the wide receiver room a C plus. I'm a big fan of Christian Kirk and even Marvin Jones to an extent. Um, Zay Jones, as steady as he goes, he's going to do the the little things that are going to help your football team win games, but he's not going to be this playmaker that you're absolutely um, juiced for when he's on the field. Agnew and Chenault, I personally value higher than Zay Jones. I think they have uh, better ceilings as receivers, but Jones, again, he has proven to be able to do the little things, catch the easy passes, block, run the correct routes, be where he's supposed to be. So I think that's why they value Jones. And Jones is a good athlete in his own right. If you're curious to see more about kind of how I feel about Zay Jones and what he's going to bring to the Jaguars, I'll drop the video I, I did yesterday um, that just talks about Zay Jones, his impact with the Jaguars and what he's going to be. Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold are at the top of the tight end room. I think they're locked in. So I think you've also got Chris Manhurts, who's probably locked in. He's the best blocking tight end on the roster. Luke Farrell was a draft pick in 2021. Uh, I, I believe Farrell is an NFL tight end after watching him throughout training camp, preseason, and then his limited reps last year. I still think Luke Farrell is a guy that should should probably make the bottom of the roster. Appreciate all the positive comments over here really appreciate you jags to riches and yeah robert says 100 treadwell won't get picked up yeah I, I tend to agree so that's where i would go stash him on the practice squad and just bring him up every week if you want to or whenever you want but i think the jaguars will roll with four tight ends um they could roll with three i know in the past doug peterson he's even rolled with just uh zach Ertz and and um, Dallas Goddard in Philly before. So he's he's gone into the season with just two tight ends. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars will do that here. Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold are definitely locks. I believe Chris Manhurts is close to a lock because he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. And Luke Farrell, I just I could maybe stash him on the practice squad. You've also got the um, undrafted free agent tight end out of UAB who's got some some skills that he could potentially compete. He's more of a receiving threat. Uh, I give the tight end room a B. I love love Dan Arnold. I think Evan Ingram, while inconsistent, his flashes, his his upside is incredible. And, and he's been a guy that's caught 45 balls every single year. Going to make some huge plays for you, even if there's some ones that, that are a little frustrating as well. Offensive line, I think this is really interesting because when you look at offensive line a lot of times you're looking at nine to ten guys I don't think the Jaguars are going to keep that many this year I think you're looking at Cam Robinson Jawan Taylor Walker Little Brandon Scherf Luke Fortner Tyler Shatley Ben Bart excuse me Ben Barch and Will Richardson and that's that's only eight guys but uh, you look at the rest of the roster the Jaguars have way more bodies to me on defense that you want to keep around than they do on offense and the good thing with this offensive line only keeping eight Fortner can play all three interior positions. Shatley can play all three interior positions. Ben Barch can play both guard spots. Will Richardson can play guard and tackle. He can play, you know, four spots for you on the offensive line. So maybe a reason to keep eight would be that you do have so much versatility in these guys. And you expect Walker Little to be able to play both both tackle spots. And they've even talked about getting Walker Little some reps inside at guard. So there's a lot of versatility, I think, with this group. And I think, you know, let's say Cam Robinson goes down. You still have Walker Little and Jawan Taylor. If you have Luke Fortner go down, you've still got Tyler Shatley, vice versa. 
Um, so it's a very versatile group. Uh, I would say <laughs> Robert says Taylor needs to go. He jumped almost every snap. He does have a wild, um, I guess, snap timing. It looks like he's going early every time. You're right when he's getting into that pass protection, but he rarely got called for it. So I don't really know how to evaluate that, to be completely honest with you. Florida boy says our front seven is going to make up the majority of the roster. I don't know about the majority of the roster, but yeah, I could certainly see them taking up a good healthy chunk here and we'll get into that. But I have the Jaguars keeping 23 offensive players, which means they will keep more defensive players um, based on my projections here. And I don't think anybody, there's any real shockers here on, on the offensive side of the ball with who I've projected them to keep. There's nobody that you're like, wow, that's shocking that he's not going to make the team. Looks pretty cut and dry for me. Sorry, looking through the comments here. Yeah, so John said you don't think Kevin Austin makes it. Like I said, I think he very well could make it. Um, the Jaguars have shown they like Laquan Treadwell. I think he and Austin, it'll just be a decision between who you want to try and stash and Laquan Treadwell certainly could be the easier one to stash. So switching sides of the ball to the defense. Start with the defensive line. You've got Foley, Fatu, Kasi, the Jaguars brought in from the Jets, Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown. Those are your three really, really big boys. And you've got Roy Robertson, Harris, Dewan Smoot, Adam Gatsas, who the Jaguars recently re-signed, J2 Fele, the uh, fourth round pick in 2021, top of the fourth round. I still think he's got a bright future ahead of him and Arden Key. So that's eight defensive linemen. Then you look at the outside linebackers, which are an extension of the defensive line in that 3-4 base system. You've got Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, and yes, I do have Caleb on chase on making the active roster uh, in 2022. I think there's a lot of untapped potential. I think the previous Two coaching staffs really struggled to figure out how to deploy him, how to build his confidence up. Uh, when you look back at um, his his time at LSU and the end of his rookie season, you've really seen some flashes there. I think the Jaguars need to do their best to get something out of Caleb on Chase on the 2020 first round pick. And I think they will. I think if there's a group of coaches, uh, a coaching staff, Mike Caldwell, I think, has a good chance of getting a lot out of Caleb on Chase on more than we've seen, anyways, and making him at least a functional piece of a defense, not a starter, but a contributor. So you've got eight defensive linemen, true defensive linemen in the three four, and then you've got three of these outside linebackers that are more like edge players. So that's really 11, 11 guys that play right on that line of scrimmage. Then you've got your off-ball linebackers. Foye Aluakin, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma. That group gets me so fired up. Uh, that is just... To look at what the Jaguars did last year at linebacker, and, and I know Miles Jack, loads of talent, love the kid, probably was playing a little out of position, you know, having the green dot on his head and then dealing with injuries. Uh, this group is just tenfold better than what you had last year. You had Damian Wilson, who... You know, he's a average, a below average starting linebacker in the NFL. You had Miles Jack, who was playing at a below average level in 2021. Now you have Foya Lucan led the NFL in tackles. He's a playmaker, incredible athlete at the, at the linebacker position. Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma are both great athletes, both great instincts. Um, Lloyd gives you a little more, I think, with his ability to rush the passer, but Muma is going to be in that money backer role hybrid safety slash linebacker type of position. Hey, Debbie Lynn. <laughs> John says the linebacker room is strong. I agree. And Shaq Quarterman as your fourth linebacker. I love that. And then I also have Chappelle Russell making it. He came over to Jacksonville last year. His stop before that in the NFL was Tampa, where Mike Caldwell, Jaguars defensive coordinator, was his linebackers coach. So I think it makes a lot of sense keeping Russell around. They have a history. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the back end of this linebacker room could be Jameer Jones. I know they, they like what he can bring. 
So I wouldn't be shocked if Chappelle Russell is a practice squad guy and it might be Jameer Jones that makes it or one of the other guys at the bottom of the roster. Um, but overall, I think you've probably got those four guys at the top locked in at linebacker. Yeah, I think Jameer Jones or Tyrell Adams could push could push Chappelle Russell, but I do believe you'll be looking at Foya Luke and Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, and Shaq Quarterman for sure on that 53-man roster. And I give the line, I think the linebacker group is the best group on the team. And going from where they were uh, last year to that, I, that's got to get you excited if you're a Jaguar fan, which I'm assuming you are because you're here. Like to remind everybody to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag and Jordan Delugo at Jordan Delugo. Yes, and now we will get into that cornerback room. Robert says we have enough corners for the whole league, LOL. I think the Jaguars have the perfect amount of corners. I have them um, keeping six. I wouldn't be shocked if they keep seven and maybe only keep four linebackers, off-ball linebackers, because you can probably stash a couple of the guys that you have at the back end of the linebacker group easier than you could stash these corners. So I have six, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's seven. But you have Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams. Those are your starters, your guys that are going to be playing the majority of the snaps. Trey Herndon is your fourth guy. I think he's locked in. And then I have Gregory Jr. and Monteric Brown. Jr. is out of Washita Baptist, the sixth-round pick, and then Monteric Brown is the seventh-round pick. I think both of those guys project well. I think they'll have some staying power on the roster. Jr. is a little better athlete, uh, whereas Monteric Brown, the reason he fell to the seventh is because he ran a 4-5-5-40. He's not an elite athlete, but I think in a zone defense where you're using more of your size, you're using your instincts, this is a guy that picked off five passes, played at a really high level at Arkansas in the SEC. Um, so those are the six I have making it, but the Jaguars also signed Xavier Crawford this offseason who follows um, – Follows the Jaguars defensive back coach over from Chicago. He's more of a special teams guy, but I know at the back of the roster, special teams is huge. So Xavier Crawford, he could be in play for the back of this roster as well. Then you get into the safety group. I have them keeping five guys. This is not a fast food chain, but we've got five guys here. Andre Cisco, Rayshon Jenkins. I think those are your two starters. Rudy Ford, Daniel Thomas, Andrew Wingard round out that group. Rudy Ford, a lot of people kind of forget about him, but this is a guy that was the Jaguars starting nickel in 2021. I think he's got he's got a lot of ability. He's a core special teamer. I think as a uh, big nickel guy that can come down and play play in the box and play the run, you like that. I was pretty adamant about the Jaguars needing to get somebody, though, who can play nickel, who can play that third corner spot that is more of a coverage player than Rudy Ford. I still think Rudy Ford makes the team as a core special teamer and a package player on defense. Daniel Thomas, I still think, uh, is a quality young player out of Auburn a couple years ago. The Jaguars picked him. I believe it was the fifth round. But he he's a little diminutive for a safety, but he's he's got good power, really good athleticism. I think Daniel Thomas is a guy that sticks around. And then the Jaguars brought back Dewey Wingard, who hopefully reverts just back to a core special teams role versus being, he was a starting safety last year. Pretty unbelievable. Special teams. We are looking at Logan Cook as the punter, obviously. Ross Matisic, the Jaguars signed a five-year extension. I don't think I've ever seen a long snapper with a five-year extension. Uh, but that's what the Jaguars did this offseason. They really value him. And then at kicker, you've got Matthew Wright, who was the starter for most of 2021. You've got Ryan Santoso, who the team brought in this offseason. And then you've got Andrew Mevis, who the Jaguars... <laughs> Doja Cat says Monteric Brown is an A.J. Boye clone. I don't think that's a bad comp. Boye really... 
didn't test super well as an athlete, but he's got ball skills. He's got the intensity, the professionalism, and he was able to carve out a, a nice NFL career for himself. And in 2017, it is a big statement, John. Uh, and I don't want to say Monteric Brown will reach the heights that A.J. Boye reached in 2017 because he was one of the best cornerbacks in football, maybe the best cornerback in football that year. His ball skills, his instincts, his mentality, like Boye was balling out in 2017. Will Monteric Brown ever reach that level? I don't know, but I do believe he has staying power. And he is a ball hawk, absolutely. Five interceptions in the SEC last year. He's got the size you look for. He's just not an elite athlete at the position. But 4-5-5, if you're playing in his own defense where it's about instincts and it's about knowing where you're supposed to be versus just being a dominant man-to-man cover corner. Oh, did I not include Smoot in here? If I skipped Smoot, uh, it was a mistake because I have him making it as a defensive lineman. Bully Fatu Kasi, Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown, Roy Robertson-Harris, Dewan Smoot, Adam Gotsis, J. Tufele, Arden Keir, the defensive lineman, with Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, and Caleb on Chase on being the outside linebackers. <clears throat> but getting back to the kicker, I have Andrew Mevis out of Iowa State making it over Matthew Wright and Ryan Santoso uh, because Mevis really balled out for them last year. He made all of his extra points. He made 87% of his field goal attempts. He was 10 of 13 from beyond 40 yards and 2 of 2 from beyond 50 yards. So you look at that, you look at his upward trajectory as a young guy coming in, being a professional for the first time. I think he is probably the most talented of the three, and he has a chance to make this roster over Wright, who Wright was able to make some huge kicks last year for the Jaguars. But I still think his leg leaves something to be desired uh, in terms of power. Like he cannot get the ball into the end zone on kickoffs. <laughs> That's a big problem. So I think Mevis is the guy I would pencil in there. Again, it could be right, Santoso. So yeah, I think I think Mevis though is is the pick if you're gonna if you're gonna try to figure out who's gonna be the kicker right now. Of course, we're gonna go through training camp. I should be out there at training camp monitoring how these guys are performing. Florida boy says Mevis has a strong leg like Scobie. I don't want to go that far. Scobie was an absolute baller. And I mean, Josh Lambeau was as well when he was healthy. My call is too. the Jaguars have had really good kickers throughout their history for the most part. And even Matthew Wright, he had a pretty good season. He wasn't perfect, but he made some huge kicks for the Jaguars last year. So yeah, I have 27 defensive players for the Jaguars, 23 offensive players. Three special teamers. I don't know if Murray likes that or not. Shaking her head at me right now. We'll run through this roster here real quick again. UCF Jaguar, Jordan, Dalton, what's up, man? Uh, Quarterback, two guys we've got. Trevor Lawrence, CJ Beathard. They could keep EJ Perry as a third. Um, Perry could even beat out Beathard. I kind of doubt that, but. We'll see how that plays out, but I've got two for now. Running back, we've got three. Travis Etienne, Snoop Connor, Ryquell Armstead with J-Rob starting the season on the inactive list. I think he'll be back within the first month, but I don't think he'll be ready for the start of the regular season. Wide receiver, we've got six. Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, LaVisca Chenault, and the sixth I have being it either Laquan Treadwell or Kevin Austin. Whoever the Jaguars think they can stash easier will probably be the one that gets cut, which would probably be Laquan Treadwell. But at the same time, like Kevin Austin might just not be ready to compete with Laquan Treadwell. So it's a tough situation because Treadwell is a pro. Um, he's going to be doing the little things that you want. Yep. Still waiting for Jeff Cotton to get a shot. I see that in the comments here. I like Jeff Cotton too, man. I'd, I would love for him to be that Cinderella story to make the roster. But I do think they'll keep six wide receivers. I have four tight ends. I wouldn't be shocked if they only keep three, which would be Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, and Chris Manhurts in all likelihood. Luke Farrell is the fourth guy here, 2021 fifth-round pick. I think he's an NFL player all day, but you could try to stash him. 
I have eight offensive linemen, Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor, Walker, Little, Brandon Scherf, Luke Fortner, Tyler Shatley, Ben Barch, Will Richardson. Uh, I have eight because I think there's a ton of versatility with most of these guys. So I don't think the Jaguars are going to just overload because they need a specific backup for a specific position. Um, Shatley, Fortner, Barch, Richardson, they all have a lot of versatility. And I think Walker Little will prove that he has a lot of versatility as well. Robert says, did Tufele show enough last year? He didn't get a lot of opportunities to show much, um, and he was coming back. He didn't play in 2020 because of the COVID situation with the Pac-12 really mishandling um, how they were going to approach the 2021 se- or the 2020 season. Um, so he didn't play. Walker Little didn't play either during that season. Both Pac-12 guys that fell a little farther than they probably should have. I think Tufele has a bright future. UCF says, I'm thinking two quarterbacks on the active roster. I agree. And he says, unless Perry has a phenomenal preseason and we're afraid to lose him. I completely agree. I don't think you can keep Perry. If you want to keep all three of those guys, I don't think you can cut Bethard and expect him to uh, stick around too long. I think somebody would probably scoop Bethard up. But if Perry balls out, somebody might scoop him up too. So you might keep all three if that is the case. Or you might feel fine with leaving C.J. Beathard behind if you feel that good about Perry. But right now I have it being Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard. Again, 23 offensive players, 27 defensive players. You have Foley, Fatu, Kasi, Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown, Roy Robertson, Harris, Dewan Smoot, Adam Gotsis, J. Tufele, Arden Key on the defensive line. Outside linebacker is Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Caleb on chase on. Linebacker, five guys. Again, not a fast food chain. Boya Luick and Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, Shaq Quarterman, Chappelle Russell. Would not be surprised if Chappelle Russell um, is a practice squad guy and you keep a Jameer Jones or a um, Tyrell Adams. At corner, you've got six. Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams, Trey Herndon, Gregory Jr., Monteric Brown. I really do think that's going to be the six. Um Andre Sisco at safety, Rayshon Jenkins, Rudy Ford, Daniel Thomas, Andrew Wingard, and then you have your Your special teamers, Logan Cook, Ross Matisic, and I have Andrew Mevis making it over Matthew Wright and Ryan Santoso. That means there are a couple guys that are not on this roster that might be a little surprising for some. I think the biggest surprise really is Jordan Smith, who the Jaguars traded up for in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL draft. Um, I, I just... Jordan Smith, I I think he improved a lot during his rookie year, especially as someone who is just more consistent with setting the edge. He really struggled with that at UAB. But you just look at what they've done to this roster. Where does Jordan Smith fit? I think you try to stash him. Florida State of Mind says, I would have liked Tariq Woolen, cornerback 6'4", 426 out of UTSA in the fifth round because we need a true number one. Yeah, I actually talked about that. Um, the Jaguars, the pick they traded to the Buccaneers, is the Buccaneers took Woolen, I believe. So I think you're going to be able to look back at that and compare Woolen's career with the two guys that they went ahead and selected, Gregory Jr. and Monteric Brown later on. I think Jr. and Brown are better cornerbacks right now, but Woolen has kind of that unbelievable um, ceiling, you know, just crazy athlete, 6'4", 426". Unbelievable. Seahawks took Woolen. Okay, that must have been right after. Who did the Bucks take at 157? You guys find that out for me? Robert says Wingard is only good on special teams and Smith gained 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, personally, I agree with you, actually. I would much rather keep um, Jordan Smith than Andrew Wingard, but the Jaguars, you know, whether it's been Doug Marone, whether it's been Dave Caldwell and Trimbalke in the front office, Doug Peterson, they've been, been bringing him back year after year. They seem to like him. Um, and again, he is a core special teamer. Yeah, I like Jordan Smith. I, I would absolutely value him. This is my projection, not what I would do. I would, do, I would keep Jordan Smith over someone else on this roster. Uh, I, I like him. I don't think the Jaguars should have traded up in the fourth round for him. But I, once he got to Jacksonville, he really put in the work. He he developed the ability to set the edge. You saw that. 
Oh, Zion McCollum. Yeah, he's another freak cornerback. I got Woolen and McCollum mixed up there, but McCollum went at 157, the Jaguars pick that they traded to the Buccaneers. Another freak show of a cornerback, but again, I think if you look at just what they're able to do right now, Gregory Jr. and Monteric Brown are better corners. Those two guys, McCollum and uh, and Woolen, are more about upside and athleticism. But yeah, that's the 53-man roster I have projected. I think the big surprise here is Jordan David or Jordan Smith, which isn't even a big surprise, but I would keep him. I just don't expect the Jaguars to keep him. The question marks I really have are uh, the back end of the linebacker room. Will it be Chappelle Russell, Jameer Jones, Tyrell Adams? I have Russell making it because he has the history with with Mike Caldwell, his former position coach in Tampa. Defensive line and off outside linebacker, I don't think there's any real big surprises outside of Jordan Smith. I do have Caleb on chase on making the team. I just don't think you can give up on that talent that he has shown in spurts during his time at LSU and at times during his rookie year. I guess you could say offensive line only having eight is a bit of a surprise. You usually have at least nine or ten. But there's so much versatility in these backups. John says coaching was the biggest upgrade this year. I could not agree more. And that's not to say that the roster is not upgraded. It is upgraded at every single position. But certainly coaching was the biggest upgrade this year because you're going from the worst coach in NFL history. I know that that's probably debatable, but the worst coach I've ever seen. Zero respect for players, zero respect for coaches, zero work ethic. Urban Meyer was the complete complete disaster that a lot of people believed he would be. So yeah, I agree coaching was the biggest upgrade this year. We will roll through some of these comments, look at what we got here. Joe just says, slightly sad we didn't get Shakir. I can agree with that. I mean... Shakir, if you're looking at him as a guy who's going to consistently win on the outside, I'm not sure we're there. But as a guy that can be a move receiver, move him all over the field, he's going to make plays. Great hands, great route runner out of Boise State. Robert says, Chase on used to be tight with Josh. Seems like every workout video has Josh and Smoot. I don't want to speak for their relationship. I'm not that privy to that information, but... Yeah, I've been seeing Josh Allen and Dewan Smoot putting in work together. Absolutely. Doe just says, I think Josh Allen's going to have a monster year. I think he should, right? Why not? You now have talent around you all over the defense. You have an offense that should be able to sustain drives a little better. Um, You have Trayvon Walker, who you're not going to be able to just focus in on Josh Allen as the only scary pass rusher. You've got Trayvon Walker to deal with. You've got Foley, Fatu Kasi, Devon Hamilton, Roy Robertson, Harris, Dewan Smoot. Like, there's a lot of guys that you can feel good about. And then I think teams really just didn't care what the Jaguars were doing with their off ball linebackers this year or last year. You're going to need to care this year when you look at Aluik and Lloyd and Muma. Those guys are going to be making plays. Chris Campbell says Andy Reid destroyed us when Ramsey said he can cover Hill all day. Yeah. Are we talking about 2018? Anyways, uh, UCF Jaguar says, is Chason's roster spot in question at this point? Again, I don't think so. He's going to have to earn it. I mean, Jordan Smith is working his ass off. He improved as a, as a, as a run defender. Um, is Jordan Smith ahead of Caleb on chase on when you look at the value of where they were selected, that's going to play into it. Caleb on chase on a first round pick Jordan Smith, a fourth round pick. I don't believe that the Jaguars will keep Jordan Smith over Caleb on chase on. They could keep both. No question about it. Like you could drop a safety. You could drop a linebacker. You could drop a tight end. Joe just says, I was shocked Lloyd fell that far and happy that Balky was aggressive to get him. 
Yeah, I I would say the reverse, actually. I was happy Lloyd fell that far, not shocked, because it's linebacker, right? Uh, we knew that Quay Walker was going to get overdrafted because teams were just freaking out over his athleticism. And Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean, well, you had N'Kobe Dean fall because of his injury situation, but I, I wasn't surprised Lloyd was there in the late 20s. And I was shocked, however, though, that that uh, Trent Baalke went ahead and pulled the trigger and and made him made him the Jaguars pick at 27, trading up to go get him, really showing that they value him a ton. Florida State of Mind says, we had 32 sacks and seven INTs. Shaquille Griffin didn't have zero interceptions, and he's our starting quarterback. Tariq Woolen would have been great for us in the fifth to me. We would have had a stronger draft class. Again, I agree that it's going to be a situation that you watch as you you watch Tariq Woolen's career, you watch McCollum's career versus the guys the Jaguars did bring in. But Shaquille Griffin, it is frustrating, right? He had probably four or five opportunities, great opportunities to land interceptions, and every single one of them slipped through his hands. So that was frustrating, but he said he's been trying to catch everything this year. His kids are playing around in the house, like whatever it is, he's trying to catch it. He said, you throw him a tennis ball right now, he's going to catch it. So his focus has been making sure he capitalizes on those potential interceptions. I think you'll, and he wasn't a guy that couldn't get interceptions prior to 2021. I think he'll, he'll bounce back with a, with a couple interceptions, at least in 2022. And I think he's awesome. Right, like Chase says right here, I'm assuming I don't know how you say your name. C H V S E on here. Don't know. But Shaq is a great locker room guy. He's still worth it. I agree. And it's he's it's beyond a locker room guy. <clears throat> he's a good cornerback. He's a sticky cornerback. Makes a lot of plays. He's willing to stick his nose in there as a run defender as well. I think he is a quality starter without question. Chase. All right, cool. Thank you for clearing that up. Robert says they want that fifth-year option for Lloyd. Yeah, I would imagine they do. And if he plays the way I expect him to play, they might not even need to use it. They might lock him up beforehand. We'll scroll through the comments here a little bit again, see what we have going on, see if I missed anything. All right, I think I covered pretty much everything here. Somebody, Robert says trade chase on. For what? What is a team going to give you? I don't know. What would I give for if I was if I was a team looking to acquire a young pass rusher with potential, what would I value Caleb on chase on? I mean, nothing probably nothing higher than a 5th round pick. And at this point, is that really going to benefit the Jaguars right now or would you rather just try to squeeze the talent out of him, get the most out of him you can and see if maybe you can make him a productive role player. Robert says, I love Quarterman's look at Urban in that that one picture. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'm sure everyone's seen that by now. I'll tweet it out later. John says fifth round. So John, you would trade Caleb on Chase on for a fifth round pick straight up right now? I wouldn't. I just don't see the value. Like, just try to get as much out of him as you can. He has talent. You sh- you saw that, and I think, I think, John says no, he wouldn't do that. I think Mike Caldwell's defense could be a perfect fit for Caleb on Chase on. He is really good um, when it comes to stunts. That's what his his biggest production at LSU came from stunting and uh, you know, rushing from that two point stance. Could uh, Mike Caldwell's defense kind of get the most out of, out of Caleb on chase on that would not surprise me. UCF says, where are you at with the over under on six and a half wins? Uh, This is not going to be an official prediction. But I do think, and I'm not going to predict how many wins it is, 
but I will answer the question over under six and a half wins. I'm going over. That's that's where I'm at right now. I think they will win more than six games. Florida says, how do you feel about us not having a second and fourth, even though Devin Lloyd pick was my favorite? Yeah, I think that is another uh, another situation that you're going to monitor, right? The Jaguars, they traded their second round pick, which that's fine because Devin Lloyd was essentially your second round pick. That was a pick swap, if you look at it that way, 33 for 27. What, what you question, though, is the fourth round pick, the top of the fourth round. What could the Jaguars have gotten there? And what linebackers? I think this was a deep linebacker class. And I'm the biggest Devin Lloyd supporter out there. Before the Jaguars selected him, Devin Lloyd was one of my favorite prospects in this class, regardless of position. But the bottom line is you did give up that fourth round pick which was the top of the fourth control of day three of the NFL draft. So what does that mean? You got to look at the linebackers that were available there and kind of monitor how they performed throughout their career. I'll tell you what, there is one guy that um, I think has the potential to be unbelievable in the right defense. And that's Malcolm Rodriguez. He's undersized, but he's an elite athlete with great instincts uh, you'll see guys try to go low and block him. He has unbelievable contact balance. I know you don't hear that for a lot of positions outside of running back, but he does. I really like Malcolm Rodriguez, and he went to Detroit, I believe. And so now you've got Aiden Hutchinson. You're going to compare him to Trayvon Walker throughout their entire careers because they went one and two. You can also compare Devin Lloyd to Malcolm Rodriguez. I think Devin Lloyd is a much better player, much better prospect. He's a better athlete. Um, better length. I just think his traits combined with his actual football ability are more impressive than Rodriguez's overall. But when you look at the value of getting Rodriguez on day three versus trading up Devin Lloyd, uh, you know, giving up a fourth and a sixth, essentially. UCF Jaguar says the bare minimum record for me to be acceptable is seven and 10. Anything worse than seven and 10 is unacceptable. You know, it's hard to quantify what is acceptable and what's not like if you go six and 11, but uh, you started out slow and then the team kind of really improved throughout the season to get to six and 11, is that acceptable? Probably. Right. I mean, if you start out Oh, and four, and then you finish the season um, six and seven after that point, you probably feel pretty good about that. Right. Uh, I think this team is, there's so much newness from the coaching staff to uh, the offense, the defense. There's so many new pieces when you look at the the draft picks and the free agency hall. Like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are starters on offense. Evan Ingram is a starter on offense. Uh, uh, Brandon Scherf is a starter on offense. Luke Fortner is probably going to be a starter. Walker Little's probably going to be a starter. That's six guys right there that are starters. Travis Etienne. You have to pencil him as the starting running back to start the season until James Robinson's healthy. Seven new starters on offense. And then defense, I think you're looking at at least six with with Bolifatu um, Kasi, with Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, uh, Andre Sisco, Darius Williams, um, Foya Luikan. And then if you include Chad Muma, who's going to be the money backer in this defense, Money backers a position Dion Buchanan, you know, kind of popularized. Todd Bowles did that in Arizona. They've been running with that money backer role ever since then, these Todd Bowles guys. And that's really a starting position, even though it's a sub package technically. It's not the base three four, but it is a starting position in terms of the amount of reps those guys get at that money backer position. Oh boy, let's look at some of these comments. UCF says, please don't start 0 and 4. I can't handle a season of life support in October anymore. Okay, even if they start 1 and 3, let's say, and then they finish the season 5 and 8, like that's not terrible. I'm just trying to say, I do think it's possible that you leave 2022 with less than seven wins and still feel really good about the direction of the team. We've got Florida boy saying Matt Ryan is washed. I think Matt Ryan's going to have, I mean, I think the Colts are the favorite to win the division. 
He's got weapons. He's got a great running game, a good offensive line. He's playing in a dome. Of course, he's not going to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Colts quarterbacks don't do that. Florida boy also says Titans only offense is Derrick Henry, which I, I disagree with that. They've got Robert Woods. They've got Traylon Burks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, when Derrick Henry is healthy and they're able to run the ball, is a guy who is excellent on the play action shots. And you've also got um, you've also got his ability to pick up chunks of yardage with his legs. Tannehill's still a good athlete. Robert says Titans and Texans are on fire. I'm assuming you mean like a dumpster fire. Yeah, Skunk Man says I expect good Colts. I agree. I think the Colts are going to be a really tough team in the AFC this year. Last hoorah for Matt Ryan. Skunk Man says Ryan is washed, but way better than Rivers and Wentz. Um, I don't think he's way better than Rivers. Certainly, I do think he's better than Carson Wentz. So we'll see. But we have been going for 50 minutes here, Jacksonville. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, supporting the channel. We've been looking at Jaguars 53-man roster predictions. I have 23 offensive players, 27 defensive players, and three special teamers. Uh, the big surprises here I had was no Jordan Smith. I had Andrew Mevis making it over uh, Matthew Wright and Ryan Santoso as the kicker. Have Dewey Wingard making it. Yeah, not a lot of huge surprises, though, here. We'll see how it all plays out. The Jaguars will cut their roster down to 53 players at the end of training camp. John says, like button, hit it. Hell yeah, appreciate you, John. That is going to do it, Duval. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. and Check genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.